Good evening. Welcome to the PSA Monthly Teleseminar. My name is Kat. I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the call. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 40 years. And each month on these calls, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you and your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar, or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our seminars as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. Again, that's psiseminars.com. The topic for tonight's call is vision and purpose, which is something that we work with in all of the PSI courses. We do have quite a few people on the call this evening, and first I would like to introduce your speakers for tonight. Uh, we have a very special guest with us this evening, Mr. Paul Thede. He began his journey with PSI seminars in 1991 by attending the PSI Basic Seminar. And then in 1995, he became an instructor for the class. As a direct result of using the tools from the PSI courses, he married the woman of his dreams. Also known as the world's greatest father, he is a dad to his 11-year-old son and 2-year-old twins, in addition to his commitment to facilitating for PSI seminars, Paul owns a motorcycle suspension company. He is the first person ever to exceed 200 miles per hour on an electric motorcycle and the current world record holder having hit 215.9 miles per hour. Uh, we also have a second amazing guest with us this evening, Mr. Todd Campbell. He began his journey with PSI seminars in 2000 by attending the PSI basic seminar. And then in 2005, he became an instructor for the class. As a direct result of using the tools from the PSI courses, he has started multiple companies, creating the liberty to spend his time having amazing relationships with family and friends and having a phenomenal marriage. He's a very successful businessman, a dynamic speech speaker, and a true family man. Todd and Paul, are you there? Are you with us? I'm here. You're here, Paul. You're here. I'm here. I'm here. This is Paul. I just want to say too, thank you for that introduction. If I wrote that, I I uh, I couldn't have done it any better. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm getting a lot of mileage out of that first over 200 thing. So and I like it. So anyway, and I think the world's greatest dad. I'm I think I wrote that. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for the intro. Appreciate being here. Absolutely, we're excited to have you. So I'll and just I'll turn it over to you. Oh. I'm here as well. I was just going to say, you know, on, on the intro, I, I liked mine as well. But Paul, I do have a mug that says I'm the world's greatest dad. So I don't, I don't know. We might have a, might have something that we can get together on and stack notes. Well, uh, UPS is ready to ship that over to me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, actually, I, I want to uh, thank you, Kat, for doing what you do, and uh, you know, the the, the topic of uh, vision and purpose. Uh, when it got presented to me, I, it's one of the things I, I'll hear a, a topic and I immediately almost get overwhelmed by it. But uh, and I think about how vision and purpose have affected my life, and I also see in classes when I'm facilitating basics how many people really, I think, struggle without much of a sense of either of those. And... Um, I think Todd, you probably back me up on that one, um, but uh, quite often people really don't have a, a vision, 
and they don't have a purpose, and they really go through a lot of their life kind of just going through the motions and providing for the family or kind of doing what they've always been doing. And so I think that for a lot of people, life becomes kind of same stuff, different day, as opposed to really exciting and passionate. And uh, wouldn't you agree with that, Todd? A hundred percent. You know, you, you speak of the classes we do, Paul, and I think one of the greatest things about, you know, that opportunity for people is to truly learn themselves better than they maybe have ever in their whole life, to know what they really want, to what really matters to them, because typically when I approach people on the street, if I ask them what they want, they can't necessarily tell me what they do want, but they can sure tell me what they don't want any more of or what they're tired of. And it seems to be the sole focus of what fills their minds. So I'm in absolute alignment with everything you said. Right. Um, you know, and, and one of the, so if I if I really look at site seminars and what site seminars is all about, uh, I really think it is to help people be happier. And in fact, we did a couple of workshops in Orange County just recently on on happiness, and in two different ways. One was a, a happiness workshop. Which, you know, you kind of think about it, and people a lot of times they go, ooh, being happier, you know, and they go, uh, they have a couple reactions. One is they see, they think that it's kind of a, a trite little thing where it, you know, what do you mean happiness, you know? And, and the other one is some people think of it as being selfish. And I don't see it as either of those. I think that really happiness has a lot to do with, with these subjects that we're talking about, vision and purpose. And really ties into every single thing that we do. And I think to a very great extent, the people, I can speak for myself personally, when I am happiest is when it feels as though I matter. And so when it feels as though I matter, that's when I feel as though I'm in alignment with both my vision and my purpose. And so if I really look at kind of this call and and size seminars in general, it really, it, the question is, what does it take to live a life that's extraordinary? You know, what does it take to live a life where we're happy and where we can we can look back on at the end of our lives and look back on and you know I, I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but uh, we'll look back on our lives and, and and go, well, did it matter? And um, you know, gee, Paul, what was your life all about? And and I really think that that's a question that a lot of people ask, and in fact, um, you know, whether it's in the classes or not, I think it's really a kind of a key part of, of people going through quote-unquote midlife crisis, you know, kind of like, does my life matter? Does it, you know, does it matter that I was on this planet at all? And, and when I facilitate the basics, we, we have people in the class that are extraordinary, uh, where, whether somebody as young as 13 years old, and there's somebody that's, you know, 95, 90, I think 98 years old was the oldest person that I personally had in one of my basics. Um, and I think the same questions deep down inside are important, but I think it looks a lot different to a 20-year-old as it does to a 28-year-old. A 20-year-old, quite often, it's difficult for a 20-year-old to get a lot of value out of the basics because they're kind of going, hey, I'm... I'm already on track, you know, I'm just starting out in my, you know, either in college or I'm, you know, I'm learning, I'm, I'm going after what I want, and, 
and uh, you know the the world is my oyster kind of a thing and and by the time people get to 28 or 30 years old quite often even in that short of a time span people at 28 or 30 years old are kind of going gee what's this all about you know I've got the mortgage I've got the family I've got to provide I've got to you know and they feel really stuck and in a rut in their lives and kind of they've lost their their vision and maybe they've never never had their purpose and um so anyway, I think that one of the things to do in here is to is to talk about why these are important, and even to start off by defining the difference between vision and purpose. and And I believe that those two words quite often are used interchangeably. And if what we do is to define them differently, and I think we do this through most of the, you know, certainly in the basic seminar, we'll look at a word, we'll specifically define it, and then and then work with that word as to something that would be valuable for people uh, as far as in their uh, their process of growth. But as far as vision is concerned, my own personal definition is kind of what is my view, my vision, my, my there I went and used the word, my, what is it that I want, that I'm going after, that I have kind of clear and tangible kind of things in my life to where it's almost like goals to where if I got my vision, people would know that I got it. You know, kind of like having a goal. It's like when I, when I achieve a goal, you know, gee, I got it. People know that I got it, and, and we can, uh, um, uh, you know, and, and like I say, anyone can tell. And so a vision really for me is kind of a lot of those tangible kind of things that you can see that we've either achieved or not achieved in, in our lives. And vision, on the other hand, would really be more of a kind of what's my purpose in life. And for many people, I think that's, uh, you know, depending on how spiritual or religious you are, whether it's God-given or universe gives it to us or something like that, to where our vision really, for me, most people, I think they look at it as, kind of a calling or, or something like that where they're, they've either got it or not got it. And many people, I think, struggle because they don't feel as though they got their vision. And I, I'm going to actually open it up to Todd because I know, Todd, you and I have actually chatted on the subject a little bit. And uh, if there's anything in particular that you want to add, either on the definitions or anything at this point. Hopefully we haven't lost him. Todd, are you there? I apologize. I'm not sure what happened there, but yeah, I was in alignment with everything you said, Paul. God, what, you left me. What I would say, hey, I'm here. Um, the biggest thing is vision tends to be, in my definition, the where. Where am I going to be one year from now, five years from now, ten years from now? Um, it's not necessarily where you are now, but what are you going to create? Where are you going? So vision is the where, and purpose is the why. Why do I want to be there? How am I going to be? if you will, taking my gifts out. Um, you know, the best way I ever heard it said is, uh, number one, when you get the desire to help people, and number two, when you add your talent, suddenly that's purpose. And so, as I said, vision being the where and purpose being the why is uh, a simple way that I define it. Well, that's that's interesting because in my own life, I think that they don't have to be consistent with each other. Uh, and and I'll, I'll tell a little short story of of, uh, of uh, vision quest and kind of a little little piece of my own life. Um, 
uh, I, I did a um, I did my basic seminar back in 1991, and I did a, a program called, it was a weekend deal uh, called Vision Quest with uh, Bruce Conching. And Vision Quest, you know, if you look at kind of the mechanics of the weekend, it was, the, the week, it seems really, really simple, but basically we went, we went out there at Palm Springs, went out there in nature, went to, there was actually a stream uh, from a spring flowing out of the mountain on some Indian uh, re- reservation, Native American uh, excuse me, want to be politically correct, um, uh, reservation out there and, and sat by a brook, little stream for two hours and just wrote, you know, where I want to be in a year, five years, ten years, et cetera, et cetera. And the reason why they asked that it be two hours instead of an hour or just, you know, a half hour or just, you know, write what you want and then stop was because at some point it just kind of feels as though it's like, man, I'm really tired of writing this. It just starts to flow out of me. And so there I am, and I, I wrote my vision, right? And so then we come back after this thing, and we all get together, and and uh, then we color our goals. And I was thinking, man, this is really goofy. I'm coloring my vision. It's, I'm making a vision board here. And some people do it with, with um, you know, cutouts from magazines and that kind of stuff. But we, you know, took crayons out, and we colored our vision. So, uh, you know, I, I colored my vision, and uh, my vision was um, – uh, I was living on the side of a mountain, overlooking the ocean, uh, watching the waves break on the rocks below. Uh, there, I was there with uh, uh, my wife and three children. One was a little bit uh, taller, and the other two kids were about the same height. And uh, there I was, and so then I had a family. Now, understand, at this point in time, I was living way inland, little house, not really close to the beach or being even remotely able to afford it. The longest relationship that I had, I was 38 or 9 years old, something like that, and the longest relationship that I'd ever had with a woman was a year and a half, and I I thought that was a long-term relationship at that point. Um, But uh, so there I am, and I, you know, having a family and that kind of stuff, um, you know, or living at the beach didn't seem to uh, to really jive with what I had. So, but anyway, I, I colored my vision and, and um, you know, I, uh, I, I look at it and uh, about 10 years ago, I moved to the beach with my wife and we didn't have any kids at that moment in time, but I moved to the beach and she kept, she, you know, one day she comes to me, she goes, we're moving to the beach. And I did my darndest to talk her out of moving to the beach. I talked to her and I told her how wonderful our house was, how close it was to being paid off, how I could live there, I could retire there, how our view was awesome. You know, I'm living in Mission Viejo and, you know, I was just, I just did my darndest to talk her out of it. And she, she goes, she goes, honey, we're moving to the beach. And I went at it again and tried to do my best to explain to her how, no way, we're, we don't need to move to the beach. You know, our house is great. We're not that far from the beach, you know, maybe 10 miles at the most, you know. And, and we can go to the beach where we want to. And now what? And she goes, we're moving to the beach. And I went, oh, gosh. You know, it's like, <laughs> and um, so needless uh, to say, we moved to the beach. And so today I live on a hill overlooking the ocean, and my view is watching waves crash on the rocks. Now, again, it was so far distant from where I was 
that you start to go, well, wait a second. And in fact, if you think about it, I did my darndest to resist my vision, which you kind of go, well, wait a second. How is this? How is this valuable for the listeners? You know, um, I'm just telling you my story. You know, and and so there I was. And by the way, too, I have I not only have a wife, and we're actually today is our anniversary. We're, we've been married now 19 years, and uh, I have three kids. And uh, the oldest one is 11, and I have twin, two and a half year olds, boy and a girl. And so the kids that are about the same height, and the boy's a little bit taller than the girl. So the vision that I had back then in 1994, maybe, is exactly what I have today. So, so a part of that, so there's vision. And I look at it and I go, well, how is that a part of my purpose? But wait a second, there's, there's also a part B to this whole thing. And that is we were handing around our vision boards. And I'm handing it around, you know, and people are looking at the vision boards. And, again, I'm thinking this is the goofiest exercise on the planet, right? And I, I pass it around. And, and so I look at this other woman's vision board, and there she is, and she's living, she's got a husband, and she's living on a hillside overlooking the ocean, and there are waves crashing on the rocks below, and she has a husband and three children. That's my wife's vision board. And at that moment in time, we weren't dating. We weren't in a relationship. And I look at that and I go... I, Maybe I looked at it and I went, hey, what's up? You know? <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, it, there is way, 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 way more to us than meets the eye. There's way, 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 way more to us than is explicable with Newtonian physics. Quantum physics starts to explain this stuff. And so we look at something like the secret, and we look at something like intention, which we talked about in the basic seminar, and we look at all these different pieces, and the one thing that I'm absolutely convinced of is that there's way more to us than seems explicable at this point in time. And, you know, the point that you had made, Todd, that, you know, vision, that you know, the, 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 the what and the why, you know, it's like my, if I look at it and look at how in the heck is my vision, I mean, I live at the beach, I'm, I'm, I overlook the waves crashing, around. I have three amazing family, and just, uh, I, I am so thankful for it, how is that a part of my purpose? And I look at it, and, and, and actually, you and I had talked about that a little bit earlier. And, you know, I, I talked about, for example, uh, health being an important part of, of my life. And, in fact, we're doing, uh, set up to do a 90-day um, a uh, workshop uh, on, on health. And it really revolves around what's the mental side of the health, not really saying, hey, here's the perfect diet or, you know, any of that kind of stuff, or necessarily it's about weight loss or, or, or any of that, but it's, um, you know, really a, a focus of, of what is the mental thought process around it. Number two, what are the, what's the how, what's the why, what's the, uh, and not the why, but the, the mechanics of being healthier, and then getting support. And so I looked at it and I go, you know, I don't really, I'm not one of those guys that really loves to work out. 
And always like, oh, man, if only I can go to the gym and start working out today. Well, I worked out this morning. Why did I work out? I worked out because the man that I want to become works out. The man that I want to become is healthy, not just for me, but also for my family, for my son and my daughter, both sons and daughter, for my family as an inspiration to living a more extraordinary life. You know, I kind of tie it back to the beginning where we talk about site seminars really is about living an extraordinary life, living a life that you're happy about, however you define that. And so the man that I want to become, well, that man works out because it's important. And why do I look at what I eat? It's because that man that I want to become is more careful about what I eat instead of just eating whatever it is that I want. Um, but uh, anyway, again, I, uh, we've got a big delay in here, Todd. I, I couldn't, well, I wouldn't be able to tell if you were uh, uh, wanting to uh, jump in uh, with anything uh, if uh, if I wanted to. So anyway, let me pause for a second and see if there's something you want to add in here. Well, you know, it's funny. You, you talk about your experience with vision, and uh, the very first time that I had ever worked on vision or even, even thought about it, I, you know, I knew I wanted to graduate from school. I knew I wanted to start my own company. I had, you know, these, these things, if you will, that I wanted. And, you know, I did fairly well of accomplishing those, but I never had any balance Finding the work at Sci Seminars, uh, actually in the Men's Leadership Seminar, was the very first time I ever worked on Vision. And you know, I'm uh, just just almost 14 years since that experience. And the funny thing is, is uh, I went back a couple of years ago and read my 10-year Vision that I had wrote at that course. And every single thing that mattered in that Vision had happened. We tangibly had it. My wife and my family, how we well, were living. Now, certain things had changed just a little bit. I mean. Let's face it, times changed just a little bit. And ten, 10 years prior, um, I, I had envisioned my wife driving, you know, this beautiful Cadillac as a car. Well, it was actually a, an SUV at that point. Uh, you know, I didn't foresee certain things. You know, so there were slight discrepancies. Uh, the white Cadillac she was driving wasn't, you know, a, a car. It was actually an SUV. The, uh, the home that we lived in didn't just have, you know, a couple acres. It had multiple acres. Uh, so there were mm. slight inconsistencies, but every single thing that mattered, everything that was truly tangible happened. And, you know, we, we talk about setting goals and doing these things, but, you know, I'll just speak for myself. Uh, I've, I've been in resistance to goals before. I've even uh, not accomplished them. I've even given up on them, uh, avoided them, you name it. But when my vision got really clear um, and it, it touched me emotionally, I was very clear on what I wanted to, to look like and the reasons why, you can't avoid that. It just starts to happen. It starts to take place. You start to take the actions that are in alignment with it, and I think it really comes from that clarity. I think you and I are very rare, Paul. I don't know that most people out there get an opportunity to set aside time to be in a structured event where they really have, uh, if you will, the format and the place to, to get totally clear almost as if I was going to design my life and I got to choose everything in it. And I got to decide how I wanted to feel about it, who I wanted there with me, what I was doing, how I was doing it. Most people won't give themselves that liberty to truly decide. Um, it was one of the most powerful things about taking on this work was, you know, I get to decide. The only only species on the planet that has choice, human beings, 
and I have never exercised. And so when we get on this topic of vision, it's just so ironic to me that, you know, you and I both could come from the same stories of, you know, decades, 10, 15 years ago, what we planted, the seeds we truly planted with intention in vision, all manifested. And so, you know, I, I think for me anyway, and, and, you know, it's, it's, I also have three children just celebrated my wife and I just celebrated our 20th year anniversary in June. And it's amazing to me where we've come. But the other part, I and maybe this is sidecar or caveat, and it really brought to mind when you talked about the woman that came up and showed you her vision board that was very much like yours. Uh, it happened to be your wife now. I think that's what really keeps, I'll just say it, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of anomalies being married uh, as long as we have at this point, and we're just getting started because true love is looking in the same direction is the way I've heard it. My wife and I, we get out, we work on our vision every year together. And mm. one of the bonus parts about that is we've, I used to think it was my job to make my wife happy. And let's just say that I'm still working on understanding how women think and what's important to them. <laughs> I, I wasn't doing the best job. And when it was my job to make her happy and vice versa, um, we struggled a little bit. It was overwhelming, it was uh, stressful, it was not as fun as it could be. But one of the great things about getting clear on our visions is now I see where her vision, we may not be in exact alignment. In other words, there's things in her vision that aren't in mine, um, just as there's things in mine that aren't in hers. She doesn't want to go and trap herself in a camper with me and my three boys and not take a shower for four days and be out in the wilderness. That's not necessarily part of her vision. But knowing what each other's vision was, where they were slightly, they were still parallel, but not necessarily the same, gave me a whole new way to support her and, and and understand and be that, if you will, support she needed in it, and vice versa, and then where our visions truly came together and they were 100% united, what a power of intention we both had on it, and things just magically started to happen. So kind of the beauty of living your dream is who you get to become along the way. Kind of what you said in the beginning, the man I've become, in other words, the man that could actually live the vision that was so big that I created, part of the beauty of it was getting to become that man along the way. I know I wouldn't you know, if I didn't have a clear... Right on. And, and uh, you know, one of the things, actually I got this from you, um, and uh, I certainly want to make sure that it's in here. One of the things you said is most people plan their vacations more than they plan their life. You remember telling me that? that I do. Yeah. I, I find it yeah. ironic uh, consistently that we plan the escape of our life or the escape of the reality that we're living. We plan the escape better than we plan, again, the life that we're living. The the the, the part that we're in, let's just say, 300 and. 45 days of the year, we're only generally speaking on vacation for a month or two, uh, you know, if we've created liberty. Why wouldn't we plan our lives that way? Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I think about the, the listener that's on the call today, and, and you know, so, sometimes people are sitting there going, yeah, 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 I know the value of vision. Yeah, 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 I know the value of purpose. Yeah, 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 I know the value. But they still haven't taken the time to do it. They haven't taken the time to sit down and plan it out or, you know, do that vision quest like I did back in 94. And, and you know, again, it, it's, it's a matter of, like you say, you get with your wife and you do it and you redo it and you redo it and you redo it. 
a couple of points that you made. Don't get hung up on the specifics. I was doing a workshop, uh, in the second workshop, which was uh, Mike Dooley's uh, information that uh, Tim O'Kelly had gotten the permission to use. And it's his whole thing on, uh, he, he presents the matrix, and it's on goals. And, and it really is a lot, almost, uh, it's similar but different than what we've we presented in site seminars for years and years. And and in, in PLD, in site seminars, uh, we quite often talk about getting specific, measurable, et cetera, et cetera, with our goals and putting a time limit on and on. And what he's saying is really set those more towards the, kind of the lower level. You can use those to get excited about your dreams, but make your dream be something way bigger like happiness or uh, you know, uh, health, abundance, relationships, um, you know, how you come across to people, how you live your life, you know, and along with that, I mean, he's got lists and stuff in here, um, a pretty amazing uh, presentation, and, and he says, so if you focus on happiness, what does it take to be happy? And, and he has a whole list of things, you know, understanding, being more understanding of other people and yourself, uh, being more grateful, uh, being more spiritual, having more confidence, uh, being more creative, uh, having more peace, peace of mind, internal, etc. Uh, being more accepting and tolerant and compassionate, you know, giving, forgiving, you know, etc., etc. Patience, self-love, honor. So he goes through these lists. He says these are the big things, and so those are are more vague than the specifics of going and getting goals. Okay, so so it would be kind of like okay, I had a, this vision of living at the beach, what looking at the rock, you know, the waves crash on the rock. I wasn't focused on it had to be that house, you know, owned by Joan Irvine or something. You know, it's like, well, she's got a, you know, and, and so, and, and basically what, what the premise is is that the universe is constantly working to fulfill our desires. And the way that we communicate with the, the universe is through our thoughts and through our, you know, our, our, the pictures in our mind, like screen of the mind and workshop and, and that kind of stuff. Now we're getting into stuff that we talk about in psych seminars where, where you know, these are some of the how-tos. We get into the secrets, uh, which is uh, a video that I really, really enjoy. And so, you know, it lays out here. Here's the secret. It's, it's the law of attraction. You know, what you put out comes back. Well, how do you put it out there? How do you ask for it? And for those of you that haven't seen The Secret, I would highly encourage you to go see The Secret. Those of you that haven't done the basic and advanced seminars, I'd highly recommend that you do those. You know, And, and the reason why I tell you the story, my story, and, and I only told you a teeny, teeny bit of my story, but the reason I tell you this, my story isn't to say, oh, look at me, how cool am I? My purpose of telling the story, one of the things that I think that people do when they come to a basic is they go, well, you know, if that guy can do it, I can do it. And I also think that's one of the reasons why I live on you know, where I live, is so that people can go, that guy can do it, I can do it. And and so, you know, if I look at, you know, uh, Mike Dooley's stuff, Mike Dooley's stuff is really, really neat because instead of focusing on the exact details of the specific, and gee, if I don't get it exactly that way, like you said, you know, hey, we had two, two acres planned, in our vision, and now we have multiple acres, uh, you know, a lot more acres than that. Uh, don't get stuck on it. it; has to look exactly like that. And that was part of the presentation, which I thought his information was really, really neat. And I got, like I said, I got an opportunity to present it, and I hope I did it justice, frankly. But um, um, you know, there, there are just a number of things. That, so, so we could talk about the value of vision. 
ultimately, what would be my dream for people getting off of this call at the end of the call? They would go, okay, I need to spend some time. I need to spend some time really looking at both my vision and my purpose. And what you were talking about is when they align with each other, they're even more powerful. So that when your vision is in alignment with your purpose, absolutely phenomenal. And mo- many people, again, my experience in life of you know, facilitating basic for, basics for 20, 20 years or so, is many people are concerned. They don't spend the time to pick, or they don't pick because for a number of reasons. One is they don't want to be wrong about what they pick. Well, what if I pick the wrong thing? What if I you know, head down a path that really isn't a part of my vision or whatever it is? Well, here's the thought. At the end of your life, you will be able to look back on your life and say, what would answer the question, what was your purpose? And I'm kind of tying this in. I'm kind of going on into, into purpose right now, which is really, you know, what's our calling or why are we here, et cetera, et cetera, which I think is what many people view it as. And, and, you know, the question of why are we here, I can't answer that question for anyone else. The only person that I can answer that one to is for myself. And in the basic seminar, you get an opportunity to kind of stop, stop, listen, stop, you know, stop the, the noise and go, where's my life going? Same thing with advanced seminars, the life success class, you know, uh, uh, MLS and WLS, Principia, et cetera, et cetera. But the question, what, what if I pick wrong? Well, what if you do pick wrong? Big deal. Pick something else. Continue on. And one of the things that, uh, you know, a, a couple of different people have said, Marshall Thurber is uh, one of the people I really admire in this work, uh, amazing man. One of the things he talks about, he says, get in motion. Get going. Why do you set the goals? The, you set the goals so that you're in motion. Amazing thing is what happens when you're in motion, all kinds of things come in. He says, always be on the watch for things that come in 90 degrees to the direction of travel. So, so when you're going along and you think that this is your goal, be aware that maybe the universe is just, you know, you got that goal, the universe is going, hey, well, what about this? Hey, here's another opportunity. Whoop, here's another one. Whoop, here's another one. Here's another one. And, in fact, I would say that Mike Dooley's uh, um, uh, presentation of the matrix there and his goals is exactly consistent with it, where, he's, where he says, get going, get going. Don't focus on, I mean, you can certainly focus on it, but on the specifics, but use that to get excited about it. Frankly, I have had goals that once I got the goal, a few weeks later, it was really no big deal. And so then, well, gee, then do I just not set goals? So the truth is that many people don't set goals because they failed before. Many people don't set goals because they don't see any possible way of coming up with a solution. They don't have a vision because they go, no way that I could get that vision. Well, what did I do? I, and I you know, Todd, like like you, I just set a vision. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a way. I didn't have a mechanism. I didn't have a know, series of a bunch of little goals to get me there, although the truth is there were a whole bunch of pieces that got me there. You know, and so, you know, if I were to look at the, you know, again, the, the benefit for people or my ideal result uh, of people listening to this call is that you'd stop your life, take some time, to figure out what your, your vision is, figure out what your purpose is. What if you are wrong? At the end of your life, you look back on your life, and whatever you did with your life, that was your purpose. I heard that from somebody else. I remember who it was, and I went, ooh. 
so basically, if I kind of do nothing, then my purpose was to do nothing. Oop, well, that's one way of looking at it. You know, you and I were talking, what's the purpose of a fish? You know, well, it would be to be part of the food chain. You know, what's the purpose of us as human beings? We got the gift of choice that the fish didn't get. As far as I know, the fish didn't get that gift. But we got that gift of choice, and that gift was something that we got that, that nothing else got. You know, no other creature got. And so, so I, and I, I could talk and talk and talk on this thing, but one of the things that's really, really, really important is that, is that people actually spend some time and, and create a vision for themselves, create a dream for themselves that involves happiness, that involves it. And so ultimately happiness, you might, when you really look at it and look at purpose, purpose is really why am I on this planet it's really in alignment it answers the question of uh, of the uh, of the midlife crisis and goes you know does it matter that I was born does it matter that I'm here and so if, if we look at you know those kind of questions at Principia Principia the subject of Principia last year was legacy is my life worth living and frankly I would like to say if raising your kids is what you do and you get passion and meaning from raising your kids, then there you go. And I don't want to let people off the hook because some people go, oh, okay, good, I don't have to have a goal or vision or purpose, and gee, my, my purpose is raising my kids. I will suggest that raising your kids, my viewpoint, is one of the most important things that you can do. However, I will talk this one out. What do our kids learn? Do, the, do our kids learn what we say or do they learn what we do and who we are? I would suggest they learn what we do and who we are. And so we could sit out there and say, okay, kids, get out there and risk, risk, risk. Go live an extraordinary life. I'll sit home and I'll do the laundry. Maybe they won't get the message of living the extraordinary life with the taking the risks and et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, I mean, a couple of, you know, a number of things in here, and so you look at it and go, what did God intend for you? I don't know. I can't answer that question. For me personally, it's to live a life that matters, and, and and I've defined that what matters is contributing to people. And so I, I work in the motorcycle suspension industry. You know, that's where I make my money. I also facilitate for site founders, but that's a side deal. That's a, that's a, a privilege that I get to do. How does doing suspension for motorcycles matter. I believe that it helps keep people alive. I think that I keep people more on the, you know, with the, the bottom side down and the right side up uh, in doing what I do. And I also believe that certainly the way that I run my business and I'm in contact with people matters. And so every day I have an opportunity to live my, my vision. Um, but, you know, as far as purpose is concerned, we we could have started this thing off and said, well, you know, vision and purpose, it really doesn't matter. You know, you don't really need a vision. You don't really need a purpose. Just just do whatever you feel like and, you know, just keep justifying and, and you know, it's okay. And I hope you feel better about it because just keep doing what you're doing. However, that wouldn't resonate with the people that are on this call. The people on this call want more but they're struggling with how to get it. They're struggling with their programs because I tell you what, my viewpoint is the most difficult thing that you will ever do is behave inconsistently with your programs. Your programs 
don't want you if, you, if you don't have that vision and purpose in, your, in, in mind and that's not driving you, guess what? Your vision doesn't want you to have that. If you recognize that you have a belief that says, you know, I really don't have what it takes, guess what? If you're living your vision and purpose, if you're living your purpose, that's inconsistent with the belief that says you don't have what it takes. The hardest thing that you will ever do in your life is behave inconsistently with your programming. And so, um, you know, with that, so my encouragement, my, you know, I mean, it's just like any, any other time, any other class, you know, or any other, it's like, decide what your vision is. What if you're wrong? Tweak it. Make it matter. Make your life matter as you define it, however that is. What's the other choice? Well, just keep doing what you're doing, and then you look back on life and go, well, that was my purpose. So, uh, Todd, anything you have in here? I know we need to take some questions here pretty soon, but, uh, Todd, anything you want to add yeah, right I'll now? Kind of, I'll kind of put a little wrap on things. You know, uh, I think Carl Jung said it really good. Your vision will become clear when you look into your heart. The person that looks outside and just dreams. The person that looks inside awakens. And so if I could sum everything I've, you know, kind of had on my mind already, all the new epiphanies I had just listening, sitting back and listening to you speak, oftentimes I think the reason people are reluctant to set a vision or even declare one, say this is what I want, is because, you know, what will people think of me if I fail? Um, what if people don't approve of that? Um, is that what society would wish for me? Is that what? Yeah, you know, is that in alignment with uh, who I was told I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to do? And so it's kind of a shedding of the layers of all the past of you know literally who you have been, the moments that have brought you to this point, the failures that maybe you've carried with you, um, maybe the victories that you've forgotten about, but kind of peeling back all the layers and deciding in this moment right now, what do I as a person decide and looking into your heart to decide it? And then the value of having that vision and getting very clear on it, uh, what kind of struck me, Paul, is the very first book that I read that, like, encapsulated me, I felt like I was in the scene, I was there, was uh, a book that I was actually forced to read in school, as I saw it at first, but it turned into something that just spawned a passion for reading. And it was a, a book called Where the Red Fern Goes by Wilson Rawls. And... In that, the character descriptions were so deep, the colors were so vivid, the scenery was described so well, the emotions were so at the surface, it, it drew me in. It was like a living, breathing part of me. I became a part of that scene. I'm going to suggest when your vision gets that clear, that detailed, that you actually... And, and understand, when I say vision, I'm talking about big. Like, you could go on 15, 20 points of your life, not just what kind of money am I making. But who am I working with? What kind of difference does that make? How am I setting up security for other families? Not just my physical health, but what am I doing with it? Not just, you know, what house am I living in, but who's there with me? And what kind of emotions are we sharing? And what kind of times are we having there? And, and you get it that crystal clear to where it becomes a living, breathing thing. You can't escape it. It starts to manifest and it starts to come because... I'm going to say the best thing about vision and really having one is being crystal clear about where you're going and you start to live your life deliberately. Literally start to live your life deliberately rather than just going through the motions of the day. And mm. so in that, I think we find purpose because I'll, I'll align with what you said again. If, if I was to guess what the purpose of a human being is on this planet, what aligns with me is to say that it's to you know, be in a constant state of growth 
truly taking the gifts that we were giving and expounding on them, constantly being in motion and taking other people with us and truly sharing our gifts in a way that we see joy, love, and happiness spread, not only inside us, but outside of us. And so I think everybody's vision will be different, but I, I would have to assume that if you live in purpose, it might be your version of it, but it's all in the same stream. And so I'm with you, Paul. If there's nothing else out of this call, if somebody could just wake up and say, you know what, if I don't have a crystal ball, if I can't see into the future and know exactly what it's going to look like, why the heck wouldn't I want to decide it? Why wouldn't I want to create it? And to start to take back some of that human potential, that leverage in you, to truly start to decide by your terms out of true choice what you want. And I think I talked about this with you earlier too, Paul. It's almost like, in my opinion, having an overdraft account. I have an overdraft account for my businesses because oftentimes what we've got going out on materials or labor may not be coming right back in. And so to have that overdraft account to be able to write the check for everything that it takes to keep my business going while I'm waiting on the next dividend check to come in is a great advantage to my business. I'm going to suggest having a true vision and, and, and something you're really emotionally attached to, you're passionate about it, and you're really committed to it is much like having an overdraft account of will, fortitude, as you said, to do the things maybe you don't want to do in the moment so you can get where you want to go. Um, mm. Old old thing comes to mind, I'll kind of end on it. Um, said by a brilliant man, the most uh, most difficult thing about being a great coach is to get people to do what they don't want to do in the moment so that they can have what it is they say they want to have. But what if you didn't need motivation, like a coach that constantly was telling you what to do or, or these things, motivation is temporary. But inspiration, when you get truly inspired, that overcomes. You don't need the motivation anymore. Inspiration, passion, purpose, all of it flows out of you. And so I'm, I'm with you. If, if nothing else, everybody on this call wanted to take the opportunity to just get really clear and choose for them and start on that vision. And even if it's unclear, don't give up. Um, you may be much like taking a bunch of puzzle pieces and throwing them out on the table and I want some of this and I want a little of that and maybe you don't even know how it all goes together. But as you start to, you know, fill the pieces in, you'll start to tell which ones are the border, which ones are the bushes, and before you know it, you'll start to put a whole picture together. And so I don't know how anybody else builds a puzzle, but I usually dump it out on the table first and start to see what fits together. If you have to start there, start there with your vision. So that's what I got. Excellent, thank you. And actually, as you're talking, I've got a whole bunch of things more firing in my head. But Kat, let's take some questions. Yeah, we don't have much time left, so let's see what we can get to. Um, I have a question from DB who wants to know, what are some exercises and some introspective questions to help discover what one's vision and purpose is? Well, um, I'll jump in on that one, Mrs. Todd. Uh, As far as some introspective exercises, you know, I, I, again, I can't strongly suggest the tools in the basic seminar enough. Um, in the basic seminar, definitely some tools there uh, to, to really start to put into action. Um, as far as the introspective inter- questions, you know, you might start to ask, you know, what are you most proud of? When you look back on your life, you know, what really brought you joy over the past? What are you most proud of? What do you think that you've done that makes the biggest difference? Um, again, looking inside, what would you really want to bring what would you want to take out to the world 
And then as far as, you know, if you will, some exercises, then to, even if it starts to take maybe five, ten minutes a day, I'm up to whereas I take the first half hour of my morning and, and, and really go in and work with the tool that we teach in the basic seminar called, you know, screen of the mind, um, much like what Paul was talking about in The Secret. I think Bob Proctor even calls screen of the mind the secret behind the secret. Just start to envision it. Even if you start with envisioning your perfect day, how is it going to look? How are you going to be? How is this meeting going to go? And to really start to take, if you will, that leverage back into you. So um, those would be some of the techniques. But as far as the introspective questions, I really think it comes back to what we've been talking about. Look into your heart. What really matters to you, and what do you want to start to have more of in your life? And let me let me add uh, a little bit. I, I think that it's it's a lot more difficult to do this stuff by yourself. Uh, I, I think that yes. one of the neat things that I've had as an opportunity is because of my involvement with site seminars, you know, everything from the Vision Quest to the you know even advanced seminars. I mean, that's part of site seven. It's it's part of the basic. It's part of part of uh, life success class. It's part of uh, and all that with us is absolutely part of Principia. And so getting back in there and doing another class, I, mean, I, I look at it, I, I literally rewrote me in, in MLS. I rewrote me. And, and that wasn't a part, uh, it wasn't a part of the exercise. And so the point, the thing that I want to say, get in a class, whether you're staffing, whether you're taking a class, et cetera, et cetera, is uh, one of the things, as well as get with other people and just you know, do something that's formalized. It's much more difficult than it's much more difficult to read a book and then you know pause and then write down your vision or doing something like that. And so, but there are also <laughs> there are hundreds of things out there. You can Google that kind of stuff and get all kinds of stuff. So, uh, but anyway, I think it's a lot easier to do with other people. Yeah. What else you got? I fully agree. I have a question from MF. Wants uh, some suggestions for addressing resistance to defining my purpose and setting a vision. Yeah, let, let me let me touch on that. So the question is, what are you resistant to? Understand that what you're resistant to has to do with your program firing off. So you're you not having a vision, not having a purpose. Well, I mean, there's a price and a benefit to everything. Eh, you don't have to feel pressured to do it, but you also don't get the passion of being. You know, Mahatma Gandhi said, "If people without a vision perish." And he didn't necessarily mean that they physically die, but the truth is sometimes people do. But a people without a vision perish. And so with a vision, you live. And you live at a different level. And if you've never experienced that, it's kind of like talking to somebody about what ice cream tastes like if you've never had ice cream. And so it's like, ooh, how do I get motivated to do this? Well, your programs don't want you to do anything different. They want you to keep doing the same stuff that you want. The fact that you're on, on the call, that you're asking the question, says that you want something more than your programs want. Understand that you will, if you create your vision, if you're working along the lines of your purpose and your vision, you will behave inconsistently with your programming. So just know that as some knowledge. To think is to create. To think is to create is we can use our thoughts, our thought processes, to overcome the way that we've been programmed. You've been programmed to do the same stuff you've been doing, or you wouldn't be doing it. And so it's like there's not some magic thing. The, the thing to do would be to see the value. When you see the value and you see the prices, project this. Project your life 10 years into the future just doing what you've been doing. 
Does that motivate you compared to what it could be? And again, many people, they think, oh, well, I can't do that. Well, throw that one out the window. The universe is there to assist you in living an extraordinary life. Okay, uh, and so anyway, I, I don't know if you want to add anything, Todd, but uh, that's what I got for now. Well, the only, yeah, the only thing I'd say is, generally speaking, what we're in resistance to is change. It's it's the same reason that this work is so valuable because we won't do it on our own. Um, generally speaking, people only change out of two two spaces. One is pain. When it hurts bad enough, when you're tired of it enough, and it hurts so bad you just want out of it, you'll change. Now, generally speaking, unfortunately, only just enough to get away from the pain, and then we find ourselves reverting back. Power of value is the other reason we'll change, and it's something we deal with uh, definitely as a huge topic uh, here inside seminars, the power of value. When the value gets high enough for you, you'll move. And so what I'm going to suggest is, is oftentimes we learn to live numb because then we don't have to care if it doesn't turn out. Uh, we start to not care as much because it's no big deal if somebody leaves me. It's no big deal if I don't, you know, hit that goal or that mark. And so the other side of the equation, I would say, in building power of value is, is see the value in you. You know, really hold yourself as worthy of seeing the vision because I think that's where most of the resistance comes in, is the, as Paul said so clearly, the old program. You go, you're not good enough. You can't. You don't know how. you got to see that, that worth and, and that, you, you're worthy of having a vision or you'll never start on one. And so definitely I think the, they go hand in hand. So the resistance, get, get out of your own way. See yourself as big as you can. The greatest thing about this work is you start to see the greatness in you and others at a whole other level. And so it's about, again, just looking at your greatest qualities, looking at the greatest things about you and starting to develop a vision around that because you can't do it out of scarcity. Uh, trying to create a vision out of scarcity they call it a nightmare. They don't call it a vision. Yeah. Martin Luther King didn't say, I have an idea. He didn't say, I have this thing that would be great to do. He said, I have a dream. Dare yourself to dream. Well, good stuff. Kat, what else you got? I have a question here from TD. wants to know, how do you help your spouse see the same vision? <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, okay, so uh, you know it's funny because I ask people all the time. You know, what did you come to the basic seminar for? Many people they say I want to be better at communication, and what it really comes down to is that communication, as far as being clear. So I said, is it being clear, or do you want them to do what you ask them to do? <laughs> and they go, well, you know, the clarity really isn't the problem. Because that was easy. All you do is you ask, what did you hear after you say something? What did you hear? And then they'll say what it is in fact, and then you you can actually get at least 90% that way. But the, the, the thing that people do is they, they go, I want to communicate better. No, really what you want to do is you want people to do more of what you ask. But uh, that's a really, really, really tough one. And, you know, frankly, when your life is dependent upon other people, doing what you want them to do, you are you're, you are a victim to them. And I will suggest that that is one of the toughest, toughest places to be. In fact, I heard Tim O'Kelly, I think in one of the other uh, teleseminars, talk about this. He says, he says, when I really got clear that being in a relationship was about companionship, and about and that's what he decided. He says it wasn't a matter of us having to have the exact same ideas on anything. I mean, there were some things that needed it. We needed to have core values and that kind of stuff for us to be compatible. But 
he appreciated being around other people with different ideas. If all you are is around somebody that's exactly like you, it, well, first of all, that might be a hard hard thing to find, but uh, that one you might not want either. I don't know. But um, the point is that if you're stuck with having to have somebody else, somebody else's vision be you know, what you want it to be for them, you're really stuck. Now, on the other hand, can you ask for support on your vision, even if it's not exactly the same as their vision? Can you have two visions in a relationship where they seem to be, you know, not quite parallel or not quite in the exact same direction? I think so. And can you support each other in it? Sure. Um, and and when, you're, when you're not hung up on that person, it has to be exactly how you want them to be. Uh, now, now you've got a whole new possibility as far as being happy in a relationship. So, that's all I got. Now, the only, only thing I'd add to that is, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I, I kind of touched on the topic earlier when I it was my job to make my wife happy, or it was her job to follow me, and and things. Uh, we're not in true choice about those things. So, I'm going to say, the surest way to enroll someone else into your vision is to hold a space for a minute. And to let them see what their value, in other words, what they would see as valuable in it and how they want to then support it. Um, but, again, you know, we talk about this this topic of vision. It entails so much. But part of vision is I see it, I want it, I believe it, I breathe it, I'm, I'm in it. And so there's got to be a space created. In other words, if it's her seeing your vision for you, there's only so much she can support you in that. If there are spaces for her to add to the vision, to be in the vision and to see the value in it, I think that's the only way you'll truly ever be on the same page. It's got to be a true choice for each person, and that really is, um, I'm going to say, one of the finest points of marriage is when it hits that point where it is really true choice for everyone involved. So the other thing I'll say is you figure out how to do it with a magic wand or, or, you know, without any hurt feelings or anybody feeling like they've been misunderstood at any point. Bottle that, and we'll sell it. We'll uh, we'll start a new seminar on uh, how how to how to have a happy marriage without putting in the work. There you go. I like it. Cat, what else? Okay, uh, here the one last question. Uh, T.S. wants to know how can I overcome the feeling that my vision is merely a far-reaching dream. I'll jump Todd, in. Todd, you want to take that? Um, yeah. You bet. Um, you know, it's 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 so funny that we can hear these questions and they're they're much in the same vein. And oftentimes we we get this this dream out there, or but we won't allow ourselves to attach to it emotionally or with passion. Um, oftentimes people ask me, well, aren't passion and emotion the same thing? No, emotion is is a deep stirring feeling that you're connected with your heart. Passion is this, we talked about earlier, this inspiration. And so when you really start to take a look at it, if you're really connected to your vision, in other words, emotionally and with passion, and then you add commitment to it, that's when I'm going to suggest you start to feel action in it, in other words, a movement towards it. I think when we feel that our, our vision is this far-reaching dream, is this this long shot, this pipe dream, is when we're not taking action on it. Um, and so that's the biggest thing I'm going to say is discovering the why in the vision. Why do you really want it? What's, what are you passionate about? How could you be emotionally connected to it? And then commitment, taking a step every day. 
if you took a step every day into your vision for, let's just say, a month, 30 days, took some kind of an action step on it, I think what you'd find is you'd suddenly look up and be much, much closer to it. It would start to have more color to it. It would start to seem more real and more tangible. I think it's when we stay stuck in inaction and won't take a step towards it, it's like the vision starts to get further and further. In fact, it's the only problem I've ever had with vision boards or dream boards is because it's very easy to cut a picture out of a magazine or a Better Homes and Gardens picture and stick it on a board. But when we don't take action towards it and we don't, as Paul said, address the actions or the programs that are in the way and start to act in an alternate way, take take true action steps towards it, those vision boards can actually be detrimental because what starts hanging on your, your bedroom wall is no longer a sign of inspiration. It's something that you know subconsciously you're not taking steps towards. It's something that you know you're not doing what it would take to get there. And it almost starts to be a reminder of how far away you are from it, and it can actually work the reverse process and start to be a detriment. And so action trumps everything. Take a step and consistent steps, you'll start to see it much fuller. Right right on. And, and actually, just to add something a little bit to that, and I think that you may have covered it too, the way that that sounded when it came across to me, it's just a distant dream. Basically what I'm hearing is that whoever asked the question thinks that they can't have it. They think that they're not capable of it, so, you know, a not enough program is firing off. And so... I mean, that's a part of the neat part about all this stuff is that we get to behave inconsistently with our programming. And what you were saying there, Todd, just get into action. Take a step. Watch for the things that come in 90 degrees from the, from the direction of travel. Look at the way that Dooley um, defines uh, goals and look at happiness as the ultimate uh, the ultimate goal is, is happiness. And, and for many people, them contributing and making a difference becomes that. How can you contribute every day? How can you become more of the person, more the man, more the woman that you want to become every day? Take steps. You know, Todd, you keep, you know, I, we keep saying the same thing. Get into action. Let's go. The truth is, if, it weren't, if you weren't battling your programs, you wouldn't be any different than the way that it was. If you weren't battling your programs, there wouldn't be very much value to it at all. Become the man or woman that you want to become by getting out there and going. Take risks. Go. What's the, what's the, what's the other side of it? W- what if you fail? Great. If you fail, then you look at it and go, okay, I failed at that, but did you fail at the dream, the vision, the purpose? Are you more concerned about the, the, the battle or the war? If you're looking at the war and say, okay, let's go do whatever it is that is in alignment with my vision, then the immediate battle doesn't matter. Just because you have a belief that says you can't do it doesn't mean you can't. Get into action, just like you said. So I appreciate that. So, Kat, I know that's the last question, so uh, that's all we got? Yeah, that's all the time we have, unless there's anything else you two uh, would like to add before we wrap up the call. Well, the only thing that came to mind while Paul was speaking, I, I love listening to one of my mentors. Uh, you know, the way I'll equivalent it is kind of like uh, the difference between playing at the $5 blackjack table and the $5,000 a hand blackjack table. 
you know, we can do it at the $5 a hand table all day long. You know, I get up, I put my boots on, I go to work, I, 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 you know, do the laundry, I mow the yard, I, you know, change the oil, I rotate the tires, you know, whatever the things are. And that's like kind of playing at the $5 blackjack table. You're going to see, you know, some rewards, but there's no emotion to it. Most pe- the reason most people won't go and sit at a $5,000 blackjack table is because it runs at such a different emotion. Now, it's the same exact game, and if you really look at it, it's it's no different. But what would it, again, be like to step up to the $5,000 hand table and actually start to put action behind things you actually cared about, that you actually thought mattered? It's scarier. It's riskier. But it's the same game if you'll just take one step and sit down at the table and play. And so, again, it just came to mind. It's it's really, the, you know, the the only difference between what people are doing now and what it would take to have the life of their dreams is to put the consistent action into taking steps towards their dreams and get clear on what they are versus continuing to take repetitive action in things that they're not even enjoying doing right now. Right on. So that's it. And um, Yeah, thank you. And, and what uh, what comes to my mind... Uh, I believe that everybody has a dream. I believe that every, but I think that for most, for many, many people, they have covered it up, they've stuffed it down, they've failed so many times, they they're worried about other people's judgment, or they're they're worried about whether their dream is actually consistent with what their mom or their dad wants for them, or other people want for them, and they're looking at the busy, busy, busy daily, doing it, doing it, doing it, and they, you know, they they just don't see a way out. And so I think that what people do is they become numb to the dream. I would invite people to to open up to the possibility. And, and I talked about this before. One of the athletes that uh, was an Olympic athlete, and his dad always asked him, he goes, why not you? Why not you? You know, anybody that ever did anything great started out as, somebody just like anybody else why not you why not they've never erected any great what? statues to the pessimists <laughs> yeah, well and the, and, the, and you know again we keep talking about getting in action in action in action in action get in action yeah I mean, you see, be pessimistic you know and eh. yeah well we could have we uh, we, could, we could do that presentation you know what <laughs> do uh, pessimism works you know mm. Most people wouldn't agree with it, but the truth is that many times we're pessimistic. You know, what I would say, you know, certainly is believe in you. It's easy to see the greatness in others. Well, how about hanging around with other people that see the greatness in you? Start taking action. Create yourself a vision. Create yourself a a purpose, a dream, and tweak it. Keep going. Keep going. Get in action. Let's go. With that, Kat, uh, thank you for uh, letting me be a part of uh, this teleseminar one more time, and and I really appreciate having you on the call, Todd. I uh, appreciate you in my life as well. Likewise. Uh, I'll be honest. It was, it was the joy of my day, getting to bounce some things off of uh, somebody I respect so much. So I hope everybody else got value out of the call as well, and look forward to seeing everybody at the uh, the next step to their vision and the next step to their dream. I know I leave uh, for another step towards mine on, on Thursday. I get to go be with an amazing group in Phoenix uh, and get to facilitate the basic week this, this weekend and definitely something that uh, I have purpose and passion for. So look forward to seeing everybody awesome. soon. 
Wonderful. What a powerful call, and it was perfect that the two of you teamed up on this topic. And just thank you so much, Paul and Todd, for being on the call and, and sharing with your teaching uh, with everyone You're tonight. welcome. Thank you. And thank you to everyone uh, listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's call. It's scheduled for Tuesday, August 12th, and the topic is alignment and how you can align with success. You can register now at psiteleseminars.com, and remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psiteleseminars.com. As many of you know, we post live updates during the call on our Facebook page, and we love having your input. Go to facebook.com forward slash psiseminars and share your thoughts. Uh, let us know how you're going to implement these tools in your life. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our courses as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psiseminars.com. Thank you everyone for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.